Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wrestling is so nuts that you can have a story where a fan becomes part of the action. <laughs> Isn't that the best? Sports entertainment makes dreams come true. Obviously, it is all part of the plan, but who cares about that? I'm Simon from What Culture. Please do hit that subscribe button. And this is 10 wrestlers who debuted as fans. Number 10, Zach Gowan. Zach Gowan's whole life story is amazing. Not only did he survive cancer as a child, but he lost his leg in the process and yet still lived his dream of becoming a wrestler and debuted for WWE in 2003. This arrival too was crazy as he was thrown right into the Mr. America storyline. Hulk Hogan was wearing the worst disguise you'd ever seen with only Stevie Wonder buying this nonsense, but when his red, white and blue alter ego was being beaten down by Roddy Piper and Sean O'Hare, Gowan decided he had seen enough. He was literally sat in the audience though, so hopped over the guardrail, got involved before Piper ripped off his prosthetic leg. What a mad few minutes this was. Zack was then in Hogan's corner as he took on Roddy at Judgment Day 2003 and even went on to face Vincent Kennedy McMahon at Vengeance. And sure, at that show, he kind of got his ass whipped and lost, but I take that experience beaten up by the chairman of the board. It's always a risk having a planned story that has someone jumping over the barricade because it encourages some people to do the same, but in terms of an impact, they don't get much more momentous than this. Number 9, Rosa Mendez. Somehow, Rosa Mendez debuted for WWE in 2008, which means 13 years have passed since then. Where does the time go and how the hell do we slow it down? Mendez was first on the radar after being in the Diva search, got a contract out of that, and yes, turned up in the crowd in November of that year. While that didn't grab anybody's attention, it did when she kept being seen week after week. The sign itself was also way too professional. This all built to Rosa deciding to save her hero one day who was being attacked by Melina. Beth was so impressed by this that she and partner Santina Morella hired her as an intern. And while I actually quite liked this, as ever it was quietly dropped as WWE just decided to make her a usual manager instead. That did lead her to help out the likes of the Colognes, Carlito and even The Miz at one point. Point. And if we look at this in kayfabe terms, Rosa Mendez got a job because she went on a show and had a sign. Therefore, there is hope for us all. Number 8, Mel. The real-life Melanie Cruz, who debuted in 2008, had successful runs in Shimmer and even GFW, before on the 4th of December 2019 did indeed turn up on AEW Dynamite. It was her first taste of national exposure and she did what she was asked to do well, the problem being that what she was asked to do did not please the audience. After arriving and thinking it would be nice to join the Nightmare Collective, she was able to do this when she came in from the audience and agreed to have her head shaved. Apparently she agreed to do this because she was just 
also excited to pledge allegiance to Brandy Rose and Awesome Kong, and this was fine. And then within weeks, she just vanished. Now, fair play to All Elite Wrestling. They saw this angle wasn't working, so just stopped it. But why Mel has never returned to TV, I don't know. I'm sure she could make it on her own. And the women's division is still right for new roster members. Maybe the powers that be are waiting for her to grow her hair back so there's no connection whatsoever. But I would have assumed that happened some time ago. Although I am bald, so what do I know? Number 7, Serena. Whether or not this inspired what we just chatted about, I don't know. But way back in 2010, WWE did the exact same storyline. On the 22nd of January SmackDown, Serena Deeb, who is currently the NWA champion, by the way, sat in her seat as a fan when CM Punk and his Straight Edge Society were looking for new recruits who were happy to shave their heads. Serena thought this sounded like a fantastic idea, so jumped at the chance before the voice of the voiceless sheared off her locks. It was quite the sight, however, and many assumed this would be a great jumping off point, but instead, it didn't really go anywhere. Serena only got to be in one match where she teamed with stablemate Luke Gallows to take on The Big Show and Kelly Kelly, and then was let go when she had an alcoholic beverage in her real life, which WWE decided was ruining the gimmick. Not that any of this matters in the long run, Deeb has gone on to smash it in the wrestling industry and doesn't seem to have any plans to stop that soon. Number 6, Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim is the best name wrestler ever. Even if you've never heard of him, as soon as you're told his name, you know the deal here. He's a hillbilly and he's called Jim. We all forget how he got into this business too because he has been doing it for so long, but in the mid-80s, no one saw him as part of the show. He would just sit in the front row at WWF events before all of a sudden, he started to get involved. One day, he took part in an edition of Piper's Pit and the rowdy one was so impressed that he offered to train him as a wrestler. Given that Hulk Hogan was also offering such lessons though, Jim decided to walk that path instead. From there, he was thrown right into it and had somewhat of a marquee match at WrestleMania 3 where he teamed with the Haiti Kid and Little Beaver to defeat King Kong Bundy, Little Tokyo, and Lord Littlebrook by disqualification and was in the main event of the 1988 Survivor Series. He didn't do anything else of major note but did have a really long career where he mostly threw himself into fun angles. Not the worst way to earn a living and he always seemed so happy... I think that's nice. Number five, Beth Phoenix. I probably should have put the glamours on after Rosa Mendez, all things considered, but I like to keep you guessing. Beth Phoenix did smash down the wrestling doors after starting off in the stands, though, when she injected herself in the feud between Mickie James and Trish Stratus in 2006. Those two have been going tooth and nail for almost the entire year, but on the 8th of May Raw, Phoenix threw herself into the ring and attacked James, who was trying to wreck Trish. Beth explained that her and Mickie had some kind of relationship in the past, and that Mickie James was a psycho. Tired of seeing her get away with this constantly, Phoenix decided to break all the rules, and it mostly worked because Beth looked like she could kill you. It didn't last all that long before she broke out on her own, winning four championships and today being a co-commentator down in NXT. Number four, Earthquake. I love Earthquake. He debuted all the way back in November 1989 on WWF Superstars when Dino Bravo arrived to challenge the Ultimate Warrior. Bravo was a little bit weird though, so rather than wanting a match, he decided to choose a heavyset man from the audience to sit on the Warrior's back and then make him do some press-ups. The mysterious figure had other plans, however, and just jumped on Warrior instead, as Bravo and manager Jimmy Hart joined in as they all whooped his ass. As it turned out, this was all part of the big plan, 
damn it. This is how we were introduced to John Tenter in the World Wrestling Federation, who went on to be an absolute monster for the company. There was even some talks that he could be the successor to Andre the Giant, and that certainly matched up to how he was being booked. Earthquake feuded with Hulk Hogan quite early on, and he was the last man to be thrown out of the 1991 Royal Rumble. Sadly, Tenter never had a proper run at the top of the card, but there was a good few years there where he was considered a big deal. He was pushed strong out the gates, and look who he tangled with night one. We were not mucking around. Number three, Savio Vega. In May 1995, the WWE ran its first ever in-your-house pay-per-view. That's right. The main event was Diesel versus Sid for the world title, but below that was a weird two-on-one handicap match as Razor Ramon took on Jeff Jarrett and the roadie. Razor was a megastar at this point, so he destroyed both of them and won, but even 26 years ago, we had to give our bad guys something. Jarrett and the soon-to-be road dog beat him up after the bell. Unlike many babyfaces in WWE today, however, Ramon actually had friends, and thankfully for him, one was in attendance that night. This unknown fellow got in the ring and chased these villains off before Razor introduced him as none other than Savio Vega, his childhood buddy. This wasn't Vega's first time in the promotion, as before this he was the masked Quang, but this worked because of course we'd never seen his face during that run. Savio was used pretty well right off the bat too as he made it to the finals of that year's King of the Ring, and he was Steve Austin's first ever WrestleMania opponent. The Rattlesnake still speaks highly of the Los Bariquas leader, as does every wrestler ever. Savio Vega must have done something right. This man is respected by them all. Number two, Steve Blackman. Ah, Steve Blackman. One of my favorite wrestlers that isn't talked about anywhere near enough. He too was one of these guys that was brought in as a fan. To tell this story, we need to go back to 1997 as we were leading into that Survivor Series. Because on this pay-per-view, we had a planned four-on-four elimination match as Team Canada was going to take on Team USA. Before they were able to go at it, the Patriot got injured mind, which opened the door for a brand new character to take his place. Deciding to reveal this on Raw, the Hart Foundation tried to ruin Vader in the middle of the ring, but before they could do any damage, another crazy person rang in from the crowd and started laying waste to the Hearts and Co. with some fancy martial arts skills. This was Steve Blackman. Presented as an absolute warrior that could kill you with a single stare, WWE took this story all the way as Blackman was arrested given the fact that he jumped the flipping guardrail and got in the ring when he wasn't meant to. Thankfully, Vader had a big wallet and bailed him out of jail and, of course, put him on the team. Years later, Steve would also be putting some cheese on his head. But if you know, you know, and if you don't, well, I'm going to protect you from that. Juan Santino Marella. On the 16th of April 2007, Raw was live from Milan, Italy. During this period, Umaga was also the Intercontinental Champion and was kind of being managed by Vince McMahon. Billy Mack was his usual arrogant self and offered anybody in the audience to take on the Samoan Bulldozer, only to change his mind and decide to randomly pick somebody instead. McMahon pointed at someone who announced himself as Santino Morella. <laughs> Boy, did he look terrified. He was right to be as well as Umaga ragdolled this poor fool, but one person who was having none of that was Bobby Lashley. Running down to save the day, especially as he was feuding with Vince Numaga, Bob speared the champ out of his boots, grabbed Morella and threw him on top, which did mean when the referee counted three, we had a new intercontinental champion, as far as we were concerned, was some guy from the crowd. The whole thing was so well done and the audience went crazy, and if you haven't seen it, go on the network or Peacock and find it today. Didn't go too badly for Santino either. He went on to become one of the best comedy characters the company ever had. 
Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.